This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The Believe Podcast Network presents the FCS Football Podcast with Joe DeLeon. Well, let's get fat. I am a soothsayer. You're listening into the FCS Football Podcast. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Sean Anderson, who is hunched over a coffee table, looking very distraught for some reason. It's draft week, Sean. You should be excited, as we, I am the only excited one here for the FCS show, for all those FCS guys that are going to get drafted. How come, how come you're not sharing that same energy with me? Joe, 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 Joe. First of all, you have it wrong. It's not a coffee table. It is a trunk in which oh, I forgot. It, it holds blankets. <laughs> and I am in probably the shortest chair in my house. So it's... um. See, I don't understand know, why you it, didn't it, stack anything. Like, why didn't you, you stack know, something on the trunk? What would I put on it? The other trunk? Yes. You're too Yo, large man. of a human to be hunched out. Like, I'm, I can see you now, and I can see your setup, and it's just... <laughs> it's really sad to see you so hunched over. I feel like I'm eating dinner in a traditional Asian household where they sit on the floor at the low <laughs> table. And I'm saying that just not in a disrespectful fashion, but that's just what it feels like. <laughs> like, I'm just, <laughs> I got my interface here, the computer here, and then it just, <laughs> yes, I'm very low to the ground. Yeah. But so, Sean, we got draft week coming up. And as I alluded to on Twitter, there's a really, really talented crop of FCS guys that could be going in this year's draft class. And uh, the, the tweet that I put out on Monday, that if you happen to miss it, I, I put out and acknowledged that Mel Kuyper Jr., the most well-known NFL draft expert, somebody who I've looked up to for a very long time, spoke really highly on a recent episode of First Draft, and that's the podcast he does with Todd McShay. He did a full episode of sleepers that he had for this upcoming draft class. And in that sleeper episode, he brought up all three Rhode Island guys, Aaron Parker, Isaiah Coulter, and Kevin, uh, Kevin, oh my God, Kyle Murphy. I can't believe I almost just did that. I also mentioned Illinois State running back James Robinson, Portland State tight end Charlie Tomopeo, Southern Illinois tight end Nigel Kilby, who was off my radar until he brought him up. He's 6'8", 240, huge tight end. I, I went and looked him up and, and and watched some clips on him. Very talented. I can see why he he included him on that sleeper list. North Dakota State defensive end Derek Tuska, somebody I'm been, I've been very high on. Um, Eastern Tennessee State defensive end, defensive end Nasir Player. South Dakota State linebacker Christian Roseboom, Montana linebacker Dante Olson, and Wagner linebacker Cam Gilbert. Sean, hearing him talk so highly of the the Rhode Island guys, it's just kind of crazy to think that you know they're they're really starting to hit full stride here and getting getting some some big buzz, especially Isaiah. Definitely, I mean both uh, all, all three of them. I mean they're just they've just been rising, 
And uh, the one that I really liked that he brought up was was Roseboom. I think Roseboom played like an NFL player all year last year. I think he just is fit for it. And I he just when I see him play, it makes sense for me to see him in an NFL uniform. And he's probably the guy that it, if he goes undrafted, he's going to be. I, I think he would work his way up and be talented enough to make that roster or at least the practice squad or stay on the team. He's just something that I see some guy. He's a guy that I see with just a lot of potential. Who is the, I'm blanking on his name. Who is the guy from Delaware that we played against that is now Troy reader. Yeah. Troy reader. It kind of reminds like me him. of him. Yeah. Yep. He, he's really talented guy, big dude. If you needed needed him to rush the passer, he could, but he's more of a, an inside linebacker. And I, th- I think he's going to have that same type of a situation that he'll be able to step in and compete and probably start for a team that needs a young guy to step up and play linebacker. Yeah, I thought it was just really funny, though, because Chris Sproul, the, the host of the show, brought up in the middle of it that uh, Kuiper apparently would, would text him way back in the beginning of the draft draft process at like one in the morning and say like, Hey man, are you, have you watched this JMU Rhode Island tape? And it's just so funny that Kuiper's up at one in the morning watching Rhode <laughs> Island tape of all things. <laughs> it's a little, I actually, I'd say our 1am text uh, can, can vary between that. Have you seen this? Have you seen that? Yeah, but it's uh, not tape or, it, or some obscure uh, prospect. I'd it's us sending something it disturbing. <laughs> or, or sometimes I'll send you an, an idea that I have that I don't want to forget. Yeah. That's show related, but. which we always end up forgetting. But no. besides the point, there's a lot of really good guys. Uh, Jeremy Chin will probably be drafted in the second round. There's a chance that he could slide his way into the first. Adam Troutman, tight end from Dayton, second to third round guy. There really are. Uh, there's a long list of players, and it seems like there maybe isn't a first round player like we've had in the past, but. I think once you go from round two all the way to seven, and even these high-priority undrafted free agents, there's just the, one of the most talented groups we've had probably over the past five to ten years. It's kind of crazy that we got on to the FCS football scene this year. When yeah. it's it's not just one or two guys that you're like, wow, they are really talented. It's the whole class. It's all the guys at the combine. It's everybody that could be picked up and could be making a difference uh, in a couple months. It, it, we just hit it at the right time, and it's it's been awesome to cover all of this this year. Certainly been incredible to cover all this stuff and and be able to see firsthand multiple guys, our teammates. I also got to see a, a number of players who are going to be on NFL rosters and, and have those uh, opportunities that I trained with for a few months. All that stuff, getting to see it close firsthand. Well, Sean, we, we got obviously very excited about draft week. We're going to be recapping things next week, but the real purpose we're here for today's show is to continue our next conference preview. You got a, a point you want to hit? Well, for our FCS listeners, do you want to discuss our draft stream? Yes, yeah, so because I, I think that could work. That. We can we can cross this. We can cross paths here. We'll, I think. we'll, we'll cross streams here. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we'll do the second and third round if you're available on Friday and you want to do that too. We'll, we'll we're still working on the details, but uh, Sean and I produce another show that we work with together called Get to the Point that is a little bit more broader in what we talk about, a little bit more laid back. Um, if you haven't listened to it, fully encourage you to go listen to it. But we also have a, a Twitch stream that we're starting to use more and more each week. Once Sean has reliable internet, we'll probably do it 
every single week, but we would like to, and what we're probably going to is stream during the draft. We're not actually going to stream the draft itself, but we are going to be um, on stream in a, a Skype or a Discord call talking about things, reacting to things that happen. I don't think we can show the broadcast at all, but we'll be announcing no. the picks when they happen. Um, have some fun, lighthearted discussion. Hop in the chat for a little bit if you're if you want to hear what we're talking about and then, and be a part of the discussion. Well, I have to look something up really quickly to see if we can hit a triple header. Let me see how close triple header a KFC is from me. No, we're not doing that. I'm not doing. I, I can't be distracted. I'm just I need looking. to. No, no, no. We're not doing a food eating challenge. Miles away. Nope. No, nope, we're not. I'm do not that. doing a. Can't I'm do not that. doing a no, food eating just, challenge. Hey, hey, hey! I was just saying, if 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 we wanted to make it the ultimate night of content, we could have. No, I'm. Mm -mm. Maybe NBA Finals or something like that. When if they actually are played, but no. <laughs> No, I'm not doing a food. I'm not doing any food eating. Besides the point, our our Twitch handle is Get to the Point Pod. If you want to check us out and also follow the the Twitter at GTTP Podcast, we'll announce a little bit more when we're doing things. But I fully encourage you. However many days we do it, join in along, and we'll be talking about guys and breaking some things down, as as well as talking about these FCS guys in in, in full detail. If you want to join in on the Get to the Point Draft Party. You got anything else on that, or are you you all good? No, I, I I just hope that they can all be there because it will be you'll you'll get us, you'll get more of the show. Except you know you'll be basically with us watching the draft. Yes, which is something that we're very excited about. Exactly. So our, our our big purpose here today's show is to talk about the Patriot League as our next conference preview. We're gonna get into that, but Sean, before we get to it, I need to tell you and the folks listening about. Bet online. While you're waiting oh, out do. this at home with us, you can still have some fun betting at betonline.ag. There's no NBA, NHL, MLB, but there's still plenty of things for you to bet on, play poker and blackjack. I've been uh, playing poker with my friends. I also lost $50 to my the, the coach that I trained with for two months after being invited to a game with a ton of people. But also, we have the NFL draft coming up, giving you plenty of opportunities to bet on the NFL draft, where you think certain guys are going to go, who will slide where, will Tua get drafted in the top five, all of those fun bets that you can put money down on with no sports, this is the perfect opportunity to do so. There's also eSports, American Idol, Big Brother, the elections, the spelling bee, as well as a $750,000 poker series. There is still fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, again that's betonline.ag and use the promo code, code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Sean, the Patriot League last year was in my opinion the worst conference that qualified oh. for the playoff these where do you do you agree with that well you say that and it seems harsh and then you look at the patriot league it sounds very harsh and you're like oh not many winners in here not a lot of winning records overall <laughs> only only one winning record out of seven teams Yep, and if you recall last year, Sean, do you do you remember when we were getting towards the end of the season? There, were, there was that odd circumstance where I think it was the top four teams were were in a run to potentially make the playoff and win the conference. And 
you'll hear why that's really odd once I tell you these last year's standings. If you happen to not see what the Patriot League did last year, I don't blame you for not hearing it. But Holy Cross won the Patriot League. They were 7-6, and 5-1. and one. That's your typically one of your last few teams in. They were one of the weaker teams in the playoff, and they got stomped by Monmouth like I had predicted. Lafayette... Four and eight, four and two was the next closest team. So that's four games below 500. Bucknell, three and eight, three and three. Lehigh, four and seven, three and three. Colgate, four and eight, three and three. Fordham, four and eight, two and four. And then Georgetown, five and six, one and five. So what you have here, Sean, is a group of teams that could not beat anyone for the life of them outside of the conference. And then they just beat the hell out of each other during the season. It was so confusing, and it was such a tight race down at the stretch, and it it was frustrating, most of all, because you're just looking at it, and it's like nobody wanted to win, and obviously, being in a situation like that, where your record can sometimes look like that, you know that you want to win, but the conference as a whole, it was just a perfect storm of everyone basically being at the same level yeah and I don't think it's a terrible thing I think that there was a lot of parody last year and I I think everything was clean and it wasn't like the previous year where Colgate just dominated they were miles ahead they had a full list of all conference guys that were littered all over the team that were from Colgate and then they had a, a good run during the playoffs they they held their own against James Madison a little bit they looked tough and all those guys were gone so they completely fell off the map and we had a period where there was no good team. It was just everyone was right at that same level of decent and people were winning close games and it just nobody was able to step out and above the rest of the group like we had with Colgate a, a season before this past year in 2019. Sean, do you want to start us off with talking about our best key returners? Because despite things not being great as, as these teams as a whole with their records from last year, there's a, some pretty talented dudes coming out of this conference. So why don't you get a start off with our first guy? For sure. And I know why Joe picked this guy, because he's 6'4", 208, and he's probably, uh, <laughs> uh, probably going to be the best quarterback in the Patriot League next year. Tim DeMorant, quarterback for Fordham last year. Racked up 2,674 passing yards, 20 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions on the year. And you wish that touchdown to interception ratio was a little better, but I mean, you'll take I'll take 20 touchdowns in a season uh, any day of the week. Yeah, 20 touchdowns by far and away had had the most production uh, at the quarterback position for guys that were returning. Bit more of a pocket passer, not overly reliant on throwing the ball for that Fordham offense, but I'd say 2,600 yards is pretty good. Love the size, though. Our next player, though, is another quarterback, and he was the voted as the newcomer of the year as he was a freshman last year. That is Keegan Shoemaker, quarterback from Lafayette. We brought him up during Fat Stats a couple times uh, during the season, one time in uh, particular. Yes. I, cool. He had some crazy stat line. I forget what it was. Um, you look like you Must remember like 
it must have been like 500 yards or 400 plus four touchdowns, something like that. I, I remember I, I, that he yeah. was definitely on fat stats. I'll look it up after I, I, I finish reading his stuff. But he, he was 6'3", 200, a bit on the lighter side. He'll probably bulk up a little bit more else so I can see you, Sean. Uh, 2,545 yards, just a little bit behind Day Morat. However, his stat line for touchdowns, interceptions, 14 touchdowns, 14 interceptions is on the weaker side. Definitely is going to need to improve um, on his consistency as a passer and and limit the amount of interceptions that he had. But please turn your camera back on there, Sean. No, that's not happening. No, turn uh, it back on. Nope, nope. Next player on our list, our first and only running back, Zach Davis from Fordham. You talk about a good frame, 5'10", 198. He is sturdy, ran for 1,013 yards last year and seven touchdowns. Hopefully this upcoming season he sees pay dirt a little more, but it's a great stat line for somebody that's that, that you're going to have again next year. So you're hoping he improves on it, and if he stays in that same range, you can't complain. The stat line that we were referring to is the week three stat line Shoemaker had 411 passing yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, but also 23 carries for 134 yards mm. and two touchdowns. Um, sorry, I got distracted. Did you read the next player or did you just comment on on Shoemaker? I read the next player. Okay. So you're on okay. to uh, the wide receiver. Yes. Uh, Zach Davis, though, talented guy on the smaller side, but is easily far and away the best returning running back for the Patriot League. Brandon Sanders, wide receiver from Bucknell, 211, 200 pounds, not overly productive, but 58 receptions, 530 yards, and three touchdowns. Most of the guys that went over that 1,000-yard mark and had more production than Sanders um, were seniors last year, so they're, they're obviously not returning. But Sanders is the better player out of the bunch that is coming back for 2020. It, Joe, I'm so, I'm sorry to shoehorn this in, but you reminded me of a of an ONA clip that I heard where they're all just laughing and talking about how none of them ever listened to each other, and every time that <laughs> that you fade out, I just start thinking about how funny it is that I'm talking to myself, and I'll do I'm, you'll you'll catch me doing the same thing also, and it's yeah. like I guess I guess when you record comfortably with somebody for for a long time, then sometimes you just tune them out. <laughs> You tune me out when I talk, and it's not on recording, so it's okay. Yeah, that's true. If you had right, your camera okay. on, you'd, know, you, you know, you'd get, be more diligent. But you know, that's, let me get to the uh, offensive lineman here. We got three. Jack Badovinic uh, from Badovinic. Colgate. You, 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 we, Badovinic. You pronounced I did right this the, the same thing we did last the O-line year. previews last yeah. year, and I think I did the same flub. Um, you, you struggled to get through it. I, I can remember the sound, but you said, like, Badovinic. Six foot two, 295 pounds. Uh, Nick Zakelge, uh, offensive lineman from Fordham, six foot five, 325. And Brian Foley, there's an easy one for you. Offensive <laughs> line from Holy Cross, six foot four, 314 pounds. Those are the top returning offensive linemen for the Patriot League next year. Now, Joe, all, you're excited yes. for this next one. I, I can tell. All three of those linemen were first team all Patriot League guys, but. I'm very happy the way that things went that I landed with my favorite player on this list because of his name. Sean, I, I don't I need to know after I finish talking about him how you feel about his name the way I do. But 
His name, he was an all-conference player last year, is Duval Paul, defensive lineman from Georgetown. And I really wish he had been from Florida and not Massachusetts because that would be the best name in college football. Duval Paul from Jacksonville would have been unbelievable, but sadly he is not. He's from Massachusetts. I think that's still one of the top names in the FCS. 6'1", 265, 31 total tackles, 3.5 tackles for loss, and two sacks. A bit more of a space eater in the inside, not an overly productive pass rusher or a stat sheet stuffer. You'll feel his impact as the guy that creates pressure from within. Duval Paul is a fantastic name. Yes. It is awesome. I'm all in on the name Duval. First, you know, first of all, I think that's I think Lil Duval is a, a, a hilarious comic. I like everything that he puts out. And maybe that's why I like the name Duval so much. But there's just something about it. And then Duval Paul. The fact it, that it rhymes is just <laughs> it doesn't get better than that. Next player on our list here. Benton Whitley, defensive lineman from Holy Cross, six foot three, two fifty one. Last year, he recorded thirty three total tackles, seven t- tackles for losses, and five sacks. You know, you stretch out a, a season to to twelve games, and then you can equate, you know, seven and five, twelve. He's getting in the backfield, making a big stop at least once a game. And I'd expect as as these defensive linemen in college, they continuously improve. Next year, though, those numbers will rise. We're starting to hit the two guys that I really, really love to talk about. And this is somebody who we talked about a ton on last year's episode. Lived up to the hype. That is Malik Ham, defensive lineman from Lafayette, six foot three, two hundred and sixty pounds, forty-three total tackles, but you love to see the production he gets by penetrating the line of scrimmage and making his way into backfields. Eleven and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks. Ham has back-to-back years, only a sophomore just this past year, back-to-back years earning honors, being a part of the all-conference team. He is only going to continue to get better in this Patriot League, and I think that he has continued to be not even underrated, but but one of the best defensive players in this conference. I can't argue with you there. I mean, he just does it all. He, he literally, I mean, he's he's just phenomenal as a defensive lineman. Now on to the linebackers here. Joe already alluded to his excitement for this guy. Simeon Page, linebacker from Bucknell, 6 feet tall, 230. Last year, 58 total tackles, 12 and a half tackles for loss, 9 sacks, and 2 forced fumbles. This guy's a hard hitter. I mean, you don't force fumbles without uh, hitting them hard. And then 12 and a half tackles for loss for a, a linebacker. I just, I'm so enamored with tackles for losses at the linebacker position because a linebacker's a good tackle would be only giving up two yards on a run. Hey, you know, he doesn't really go anywhere. Then you're in a second and nine, second and eight situation. It's still favorable for the defense. You get there and you you get somebody back in a second and 13, second and 12. It's an entire drive changer. And he's doing that once a game, basically. I'm all in on Simeon Page. Page, I think we also did bring up on last year's show because of what he did and continued success for him. Up next, Ryan Greenhagen, linebacker from Fordham. And he, without a doubt, was one of the most productive players in the Patriot League. Statistically, he led with tackles, 123 total tackles. 
And then things get crazy there. 18 and a half tackles for loss and four and a half sacks. You talked about a ton just now about how impactful it is having a linebacker who can make plays behind the line of scrimmage, who can read and react quickly when things start to slow down and a running back hesitates, he takes advantage of that. That's exactly what Greedon Hagen does. That's why he had so many tackles for loss. I am uh, pretty sure you'll be hearing Green Hagen's name uh, later on in the show. Thanks for the spoiler. Next player now onto the defensive backs. Gavin Pringle, defensive back from Bucknell, 5'11", 170. Last year, 57 total tackles. Love that number. Uh, one interceptions and uh, 11 pass breakups. There's nothing I, I like more than the high tackles from the, from the defensive backs. And he's disrupting wide receivers and quarterbacks with the 11 pass breakups all in on Pringle. Last player, we have another defensive back, Ahmed Wilson, defensive back, Georgetown, 6'1", 200, great size for him, 62 total tackles, one interception, and then four pass breakups to go along with it. Uh, Wilson, bigger bodied player as a defensive back, love that length. I'm always just so in love with DBs that are over 6'1 and and have that length and aren't too light and around that 200 215 range uh, it's just it's such an advantage being that tall as a defensive back it allows you to do so many things it allows you to be strong and press it, it gives you more reach when you tackle it gives you more reach to get pass breakups part of the reason why he had four last year I it that's what scouts are looking for now. They're either looking for a, 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 if you're under five uh, eleven or five ten, they're looking for you to be strap up, scrappy, uh, contend and stay with all the speed guys. But if you're looking for a prototypical defensive back now, it's six foot, six foot one, six foot two. They like these tall, rangy guys that can work against these now increased in sized wide receivers. So Wilson just it's plus side alone on his frame, and then if he can get all the technical stuff technical stuff down, then he's gonna uh, have a really good shot to progress a lot this next year. Sean, after hearing all those guys' names and, and spoiling your pick, who's your player to watch for this next upcoming season? Ryan Greenhagen. Uh, I I already talked about the tackles for losses and how much I enjoy them with uh, Page, but Greenhagen takes the cake here. I mean, it's the most important stat that I see out of the linebackers. It's maybe uh, it, coming close to that is total tackles, but tackles for losses from them is it, so valuable. And if he's racking up 18.5 last year, I can't wait to see what he puts up this next year. Yeah, I love Greenhagen. I think my close, he was a close second for my pick, Malik Ham, who. I continually love. I can't wait to see what he's going to do as a junior. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up being one of those guys that we've seen transfer up in their final year of eligibility. We we already saw Jabril Cox do it. I would not be shocked if he had that type of potential. Briley Moore also did it from UNI. With this type of production and also his size to go along with it, he could add on a little bit more bulk, but... He's going to continue to produce. He's going to probably surpass 15 tackles for loss. He'll probably go over 10 sacks. And having production like that is going to garner a ton of attention and also an awareness from him that he has that opportunity to move up to the FBS level. So keep an eye out for him to take advantage of that. Take advantage of the opportunity to to move up 
and get on a bigger stage and work his way into into a potentially an NFL spotlight from there. Sean, your biggest sleeper out of teams in this conference, who do you think is going to outperform and be an underrated program next year in the Patriot League? It looks like we have a bit of a consensus here. I mean, this is not a, an easy choice because any of these teams could be selected at it. And and no one really knows which one of these teams seeing last year's standings will be that team. Uh, I'm going with Fordham. I think that you can rely. They have a reliable quarterback, and that's step number one in a college program. Uh, so if you're looking for a sleeper, I'm choosing Fordham. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense to me with go to go with Fordham too. Dan Morat coming back as their quarterback as statistically one of the best in the conference also have Zach Davis who rushed for a thousand yards returning in a top offensive lineman in uh Zakelge and then also a number of defensive players we spoke of that come into the mix you have all these all-conference guys sustained success usually comes from returning underclassmen who earned these types of honors and we're going to keep pushing teams like that because it's usually the trend of things. It's how stuff, that's it, how it works in college football. If you return those, those quality players who are juniors, they're going to take that next step forward their senior year. And they're finally primed and ready to win the conference and, and maybe at least come in second. Sean, who do you think is going to really fall off and, and, and take a, a tumble? Well, between the only two winning teams in their conference last year and Holy Cross and Lafayette, I'm going with Lafayette. I mean, if you were one above 500 last year, I'm all for seeing teams that are going to go and make a big improvement and make the jump. But, you know, I'm going with Lafayette personally. I had to go with Holy Cross, and I think that they really hit their peak last year. I think that like once you reach the playoffs and you're losing a couple players that were seniors, I, I just don't think that they have that kind of juice to repeat. I, I think that when you talk about a faller, I don't think that they'll maybe tumble all the way, but they're going to probably more to move back towards the middle of the pack. And they also lost their offensive coordinator, uh, Patrick Murphy, I believe, who's going to Rhode Island now as the offensive coordinator there. So yep. their biggest asset and their biggest strength was their offense. There's a reason why their offensive coordinator got called for another job was because he's, he's talented at what he does. So you're losing that. You're bringing in a whole new offensive coordinator. I don't, I don't think they have the juice or the players to, to stay at the same consistent level as they did. I like that rationale. I, I really like uh, your point there, Sean, if you had to pick someone and I, I hate this, who you picked um, to win the Patriot league, your favorite before you tell me who, I want to allude to the fact that last year you and I both picked Colgate and Colgate completely crapped out and ended up as the third worst record in the Patriot League. So we were completely off uh, for reference. So who, who are you picking? Colgate. Why? 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 I trust the infrastructure. They don't have it. They don't have any infrastructure. They they had a bad year I'm last year. What is what infrastructure are you Colgate. referencing? Okay, I'm picking Fordham. I spoke very oh, highly yeah. of all the offenses and defensive pieces it's a good pick that they too. they have returning, and that is what you need to continue forward and take that next step. Um, well, Sean, that's going to be it for us. Do you have any final points before we close out here? Yeah, if you want to tune in with us on Draft Day, it's uh, at Get to the Point Pod on Twitch. 
We'll be going live probably 15 or 20 minutes before the draft, and we'll tweet it out uh, from our personals and from the the show Twitter uh, at GTTP Podcast on Twitter. Uh, so you can find us there, and we'll be uh, hopefully seeing an FCS guy go in the first round. Uh, if not, you'll still be seeing some drafts analysis from us so you'll you'll be getting more content from us uh normally we don't like to mix the two shows in between each other but for this i I feel like it's a special enough occasion where i wouldn't mind where we wouldn't mind intermingling the listeners and intermingling just kind of how we approach both shows let's be real here i I think that most of our listeners from one show listen to the other the get to the point listeners don't listen to the fcs show as much but uh, we've we've picked up a number of FCS listeners that listen to get to the point. So, um, particularly the the Kennesaw band gang. Yeah, they're on they're in hot water with me. <laughs> uh, I'll talk to you about that after the show. All right, yeah, that's okay. gonna be it from us. Uh, <laughs> that's gonna be it from us here at the FCS Football Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Joe DeLeon and at sanderson radio also follow believe podcasts at b-l-e-a-v podcasts additionally uh go to their website believe.com spelled b-l-e-a-v.com to check out our show where you can find it as well as hundreds of other amazing shows covering any topic that you can possibly think of um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, you name it, wherever you can find a podcast, they can pretty much guarantee that we are there. Next week, we're going to continue our conference previews with the Pioneer League. And then also stick around for a show on Wednesday, most likely. You'll get to hear from NFL Draft Expert with NFL Draft Bible, Ryan Roberts. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.